1: We want to take a moment to remind you of an opportunity we have coming up in September. Our 2019 Ladies' Conference will be held on Friday, September 20th through Saturday, September 21st. This year's theme is Living Wise in a Foolish World. And you can find out more and sign up on our website at www.hbc-boise.org. That's www.hbc-boise.org. Well, this week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. If you're at all familiar with the religious leaders of Jesus' day, you know that the Pharisees and Sadducees were considered by themselves, as well as the Jewish people at large, to be the authoritative spokesmen for God and the best examples of what it meant to be a godly person. But Jesus thought different and made that very clear. And this fact has to cause us to wonder, are there those today who think they represent God on earth, who are thought by the people to be the best representative of God's truths, but who Jesus would judge to be his enemies and in direct opposition to God? Well, it was true then, and it should be no wonder that it would be true right now the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we friends or foes to Jesus at the same time that we declare ourselves to be Christians? There will be much to consider as you listen in on today's slice of the sermon entitled, Following or Fighting Jesus.
0: What are they preaching and who are they preaching it to? They're preaching it to Hindus who already worship 220 million gods and you tell them there's one you don't know about and his name is Jesus. Add him to your list. Sure. What's 220 million and one? And and it's a whole bunch of false conversions because it's the idea that to believe in Jesus is to add something. No. To believe in Jesus is to get up, walk away, leave everything that was important to you behind and replace it with new priorities. Now that doesn't mean if you become a Christian you have to quit your job. But your priorities are different. Your intentions are different. Your motivations are different. Salvation is not addition. Salvation is the difference between spiritual death and spiritual life. You were incapable of responding to God and now you're born again. Salvation is the difference between being estranged from God and being adopted by Him. Salvation is the difference between being a slave to sin and having a Redeemer who's paid the price to set you free, and now you are free to follow and obey God. Salvation is the difference between being dominated by the flesh and being indwelt by the spirit so that you can have victory over the flesh salvation is the difference between being hopeless versus having the hope of an inheritance which is imperishable and, and and undefiled i i know a guy who describes himself this way he says i used to be a hopeless dope addict and now i'm a dopeless hope addict it's transformation right Salvation is the difference between striving to be good enough versus resting in God's grace. It's the difference between being guilty before God and being declared righteous and make no bones about it. It's the difference between going to hell and going to heaven. It's not an aftermarket accessory that you add on to your humanness. It's coming to your Creator and your Lord and your Redeemer and your Judge who forgives you. All that happens in the instant that you repent and you turn to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So we don't know for sure exactly what process it was that brought Levi or Matthew to this point, but when he heard, follow me, he got up and followed him and look what Matthew did in light of his transformation. Verse 15. And it happened that he, and notice the capital H on He, that's Jesus, it happened that he was reclining at the table in his house. His refers to Matthew. And many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and with his disciples, for there were many of them, and they were following him. The first reaction Matthew had to meeting Jesus was to, at his earliest convenience, and we're not told a a timetable here, it may have been a a day or two, it may have been a week, it implies it wasn't very long, but he organized and sponsored and put on a reception for all of his friends to meet Jesus. Now imagine who his friends were. He wasn't allowed in the synagogue. He couldn't go to the temple. His friends were the people like him, what a great idea. The first thing he wanted to do was introduce his friends to Jesus. Luke is the one who spells it out. He tells us, And Levi gave a big reception for him in his house. You won't read as many details in Matthew, because in his own gospel, Matthew, Levi, humbly leaves out the fact that he was the one who put on this big party. But when Jesus calls, sinners repent. You know, there's, a, there's the general invitation to everyone. Everyone is invited to be saved. Matthew chapter 11. Of course, it would be Matthew who would put in something like this. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Remember, that's in the context of people who had marinated their entire lives in the self-righteousness of Phariseeism. And so, trying to be good enough for God to accept you, trying to keep all those rules, it isn't possible. So it makes you weary Your heavy laden, it's like carrying this awful load, and Jesus also describes it that way. So it's no wonder that Levi's first reaction to being saved and following Christ was to want to introduce all of his friends to his Savior, to this grace that he had found. And since he had the means, I mean, he was rich, he had a big house to do it, his way was to have a huge reception. It included this leisurely meal. Notice it says they were reclining at table. Uh, that's, that's the way of describing that this wasn't fast food. Uh, this wasn't grazing at the buffet. It was a full, relaxed, multi-course meal that, that likely, culturally speaking, we would imagine probably lasted for hours. And notice the testimony of the changed life of Levi. There were many of them. Them who? Them friends of Matthew. And they were following Him. My friends, that's a valid way to assess your standing with Christ. It shows up in how you talk about Him. Who you talk to about Him. I mean, how often do you invite unbelievers to know the Lord? How much trouble do you go to in order to introduce people to this spectacular Savior that you have found? When Jesus calls, what you see is sinners repent. Secondly, what you see happens when a sinner is saved is their world is turned upside down. They want to talk to you about Jesus and then see what happens now when hypocrites are offended. So Levi pours out his joy over meeting his Messiah, his Lord, his Savior. He throws this big party and guess who was upset? Well, it's the ones who should have been leading the throngs to meet jesus but they weren't verse 16 when the scribes of the pharisees saw that he was eating with the sinners and tax collectors they said to his disciples why is he eating eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners except i don't think they said it that way i think they said something like why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners He ought to be inviting us to His house. He ought to be glad to have us on His team, but He's not even talking to us. Now, this is typical of the Pharisees. They watched everything Jesus did. After He was introduced down south, when He came up to Galilee, they sent people up there to spy on Him all the time. They they criticized whatever He did. They were offended by what he did. As a matter of fact, every time they came to Jesus, they were committed in advance to being offended by whatever Jesus was about to say or whatever he was about to do. And most of the time, it was like this. Most of the time, they were too cowardly to actually talk to Jesus about it. Now, there were times when they would dialogue with him face to face. We can see that mainly toward the end of Jesus' ministry, but not very often. And this time it was their scribes who did the dirty work. They put Jesus' disciples in the position of defending Him. But would you notice it wasn't an honest question? They didn't want to know. Okay, now, would you explain the strategy of your master? I mean, we're kind of surprised here. This isn't the way we would do things. So, you know, why is He eating at a place like Matthew's house. That's not at all what they meant. You see, the whole idea of being a Pharisee is being separated from people and things. The very word Pharisee, it comes from a word horizon, which is a separating... If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.